If you would, take your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, where we'll be this morning. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. I would invite you to stand with me out of respect for the Word of God. Uh, if you're physically able to, please stand with me as we read one verse of Scripture this morning. Uh, this week I was reading through this passage and uh, God smoked my heart over this verse. And I want to kind of challenge you this morning out of it um, to uh, take the truth of the Word of God through this and apply it to our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse number 13. It says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. The Apostle Paul is admonishing the church of Corinth. He's saying to them, uh, all of you need to uh, watch, stand fast in the faith, Quit you like men, be strong. Now, he's not telling all the ladies to act manly. Okay, that's not what he's saying. All he's saying is it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to grow up, to watch, stand fast in the faith. Time for us to grow up and be strong. That's really what he's trying to get at there. But that one phrase right there uh, in the middle says, stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. Now, that does not mean that we just are supposed to be speedy in everything that we do. To stand fast, I looked up the definition of that. To stand fast means to be fastened to like in a harness. So when the Bible says to stand fast in the faith or to be fastened to it, that means we ought not to waver from the faith. We ought to stay true to it. And so I'm going to preach a message to you this morning entitled, Stand Fast in the Faith. Stand Fast in the Faith. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you for what you've done in my heart uh, this week. Lord, thank you for uh, humbling times and thank you for, uh, Lord, the times that you comfort us when we feel beat down. Other times, Lord, when we're discouraged. Other times when we're on the mountaintops, down in the valleys. Lord, that you always show us that you are God. And Lord, we sure love you. Thank you for the forgiveness that you give us. Lord, we claim that promise that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I also love the verse that it, you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And Lord, I'm glad for that. Thank you for it. Lord, if there's anyone here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray they'll trust you this morning. God, I ask you to hide me behind the cross and fill me with your spirit. Use me as your mouthpiece today. Lord, I pray that you'll clear my mind and heart of any distractions. Lord, I pray that you'll help me to focus in on the message and be your mouthpiece today. Not to have myself uh, noticed at all today, but Lord, that you'll be noticed. Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God, that you will bind Satan and the devils of hell from this place. We claim the blood of Christ that they not be allowed in this building today. Lord, Holy Spirit of God, please meet in hearts this morning. And we'll give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Not just the church at Corinth, but the nation of Israel and all throughout the Bible as we begin to read. As there's been a lot of times that the children of God begin to act very childish. The children of God began to bicker and murmur against each other. They would always complain. They would always do things like that. And we still do the same things today. But as we read through it, and we're often quick to point our fingers at the nation of Israel 
uh, and say, man, I can't believe how childish they would act over certain things and uh, how petty they are over these little things and over these kind of things. But the fact of the matter is we get the same way. We get very petty over little things, sometimes maybe the color of the carpet or uh, the pews aren't comfortable enough or maybe we don't have the right kind of air condition or whatever it may be. Now, as we don't get a lot of those complaints oftentimes, but there are churches that have had problems over little things like that. And Paul has told the church of Corinth over and over again, if you go back to chapter 6 where they were going law one against another and they were going to try to sue one another for this or that, he was reminding them of uh, the, the pettiness of their situation. He was telling them in chapter 6, he reminded them, he said, neither idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He said, and such were some of you. So he reminded them of their past, not to uh, make them glory in their past or not to make them long for their past, but to, uh, that the next statement would have a bigger impact. He said, and such were some of you, but then he says, but ye are washed, ye are justified, you're sanctified. He said, listen, the little things that you're worried about are temporal. We ought not to worry about those things because you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You ought to be excited about those things, that you're washed, you're justified, and you're sanctified. He was reminding them of those things. And oftentimes, now he's telling the, nation, uh, uh, the church of Corinth in this passage as we're reading it, In verse number 13, he says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. A lot of this message this morning, I'm going to talk to you men about. God has made you men leaders by birth. Listen, if God made you a man, that's what you are. You're a man and you're going to be a leader whether you want to be or not. But the fact of the matter is, um, it applies for all of us. So ladies, don't turn me off. Okay, it applies for Christianity as a whole. The fact is, if you're in this room today and you don't understand what I talked about, about being washed, being justified, being sanctified, is that all of us are sinners. That's what Paul was reminding them of. It didn't matter how great they thought their sin was or how small they thought their sin was. The fact of the matter is they were all sinners. He was reminding them that before they became part of the church, before they were uh, baptized and then joined the church, they had to be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. They had to be washed, justified, and sanctified. And he was trying to pick up their spirits and remind them that, listen, you don't have to dwell in your past because your future's settled. And we can get excited about those things. And we need to focus in on this and understand the fact that we're all sinners. Paul was explaining that. He was explaining that we're all sinners from the biggest sin that we would uh, identify in our mind to the smallest sin. Listen, the smallest lie would have still put Christ on the cross. He died because of my sin and your sin. The payment that you and I deserve because of sin, Jesus Christ himself bore on the cross of Calvary. When he died on that old rugged tree, that was my death that the wages of sin was earning. And that death that I deserved, he took took hell for me, rose, conquered death, hell, and the grave, and offered life to anyone who will receive it. And I'm still glad for a whosoever will gospel. I'm glad that uh, anyone that comes to the realization that they're a sinner in need of a Savior, and they by faith, not by any works that they do, but by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, put their faith and trust in Him, He said, you shall be saved. And I'm glad for that. You say, why is it so easy, preacher? Because Jesus did the hard start. Jesus did what was the difficult part. See, it's easy for you and I because we didn't have to do anything to gain salvation other than believe in what was already done. 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But now Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and I want to admonish you today in the same thing that he's saying. He says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. And I want to talk about that standing fast in the faith this morning. But he said two words before that, stand fast in the faith. And this is what he said. He said, watch ye. Watch ye. I'm going to admonish you men today that, listen, you need to start taking a closer eye on the spiritual condition of your families. You say, what are you talking about? You need to identify Satan's devices. Not just the men, but ladies, adults, Christianity as a whole. We need to watch because there's an adversary, the devil, that walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he wants to devour every individual in this church. Not just in this church because we're just not somebody special any, uh, as any other church. He wants to devour anyone's life that will allow him to devour it. He wants to destroy them. Why? Because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, He does not want God to be joyful over salvation and souls coming to heaven. He wants to hurt God through getting people away from God. That's what Satan desires. Listen, I think oftentimes, Brother Ron, we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. We think Satan's after us because we're somebody. You know what? I came to the realization, I'm nothing. Satan comes after me because he knows if he gets me, he hurts God. He hurts God. His enemy is God. He doesn't love God. He doesn't like God. He doesn't like anything about God. In fact, when he tried to exalt himself above God, he got kicked out of heaven. And now hell was created for him and all the angels that followed after him. But there's people that are in hell today because they rejected the gift of salvation. And Paul's telling the people, listen, there's things that are going to change. People are going to try to bring in false doctrine. Always, but you need to watch. Be aware. The Bible tells us to be sober. Be vigilant. That means be watchful, be mindful of the things going on. Listen, we need to pay attention to what's going on. Parents, we need to be standing on our front porch looking down the road spiritually uh, in this connotation saying, listen, the devil's not getting here. Why? Because we're watching. We're making sure that we know what's going on. By the way, parents, I, I know this is a rabbit trail, but it went by and I need to shoot rabbits when they come by, okay? The fact is, television isn't supposed to train your children. It's not. It's our job to train our children. You notice the Bible didn't just say, teach your children. He said, train your children. There's a difference in training and teaching. Teaching gives somebody a head knowledge. Training puts application to the knowledge. The Bible tells us as parents to train them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. To train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. See, if we begin to develop patterns of righteousness and watching these things that are coming by, you know, Satan's trying to throw curveballs every way he can to get our kids off track, to get our nation off track. And by the way, he's doing a great job. Satan's doing a great job. You watch the news for about 33 seconds, and you'll realize 32 seconds before you got finished watching it that it's corrupt. You'll notice it right away. Why? Because we've erred from the faith. We haven't been watchful. Watching around, you notice cities uh, back in the, the times of the Bible that as we begin to uh, read through and look at some things, we read through Joshua, preached through Joshua on Sunday nights. Uh, there was a lot of times that cities would have watchmen. They would be watching for danger that was coming towards the city. They'd be watching for other things. You know what they were trying to do? They were constantly putting somebody on lookout for any enemy that was going to try to infiltrate their city and destroy that. So parents, why is it that we're not mindful and watchful of the things Satan's trying to do to our families? Listen, we need to be watchful. 
But he says, stand fast. Be fastened to as if you're in a harness into the faith. What faith is he talking about? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in the things that God gives to us. He tells us, watch ye. Back in chapter 14, I want you to see something before we get into the meat of the message. In chapter number 14, in verse number 20, look what he says, Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding, look what it says, be men. You know what he's saying is, grow up. It's time to man up. It's time for us to quit being so childish and all the things, the, the, getting offended over every little thing that comes our way. Let's just get a backbone about us and stand up and just be men. Quit being little boys. Quit being children. He's telling them, listen, you guys are bickering as if you're little kids. Grow up. It's time to grow up. And the fact is, we have a lot of sensitive Christians today. They get so sensitive because the preacher preached on my sin, so he must not like me. Listen, it's not that. The Holy Spirit pinpoints things in your heart to help you to get right so you can draw closer to Him. It has nothing to do. I don't sit there and people don't come to me and say, hey, you need to preach about this because somebody's going through this, or you need to preach about that because somebody's going through that. The Holy Spirit says, hey, you need help with this young man, and when you get help, you can help them. That's what happens. I'll, I'll make a confession to you today. I needed this message. This week, the Holy Spirit of God beat me up over this. He said, you know what? Don't worry about things. Just be a man. Stand up. Be strong. And I began to think about what's it mean to stand fast? What am I supposed to look at? You know, I got to think about, man, that childlike faith. And I heard a quote this week that was so powerful. And it has just resonated through my mind and my heart this week. It said this, God delights in childlike faith for salvation. But God despises childish faith in service. You say, what's that mean, preacher? That means God knows that it takes the faith of a child, putting your faith in everything you have in God for salvation. But as you grow in the things of God, you ought not to be childish in your faith and get offended. God wants you to be a strong soldier for Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to be blown by every wind of doctrine. Listen, you can convince a child to do anything. You can. You can talk them into the sky being purple. You can convince a child of anything. All it takes sometimes candy. And you can get them to pretty much do anything. A lot of it you can do it with adults too. It doesn't matter. But there's a lot of childish things that we go through. And Paul was admonishing the church at Corinth. He's saying, listen, grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time for us just to get a backbone and to be watchful of the things going on and quit worrying about other people saying, well, you're just too, uh, too, you're, you're too strict on your family or you're too strict on this or you're too old-fashioned for this or you're this. Listen, watch ye. He said, stand fast in the faith, firm, planted in it as if you were in a harness. Anybody ever been in a harness before? Been in a harness? I like harnesses, especially on roller coasters. Okay, why? They hold you in, okay? I like harnesses, especially when you're going in the upside down ones and that flip you around. It wouldn't be a good thing if we didn't have a harness, would we? Uh, Most of us go flying, and that's what happens a lot of times. We're not harnessed to the things of God. We're not harnessed to the truth of the Word of God. But he says, watch ye. That means we're to be vigilant. We're supposed to be watchful and mindful of Satan's devices, and the Bible tells us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Firstly, I think we ought to stand fast in the worship of God. 
You say, what are you talking about? We just need to continue to worship God. You say, what's it mean to worship God? It doesn't mean to have a praise and worship team up on a platform. It doesn't mean that. What it means is uh, that you have a relationship with God in such a way that God, you tell God how wonderful He is. See, praising God is letting other people know about God. Worshiping God is a communication between you and God. It can be in your car. It can be on your knees. It can be uh, anywhere. But it's a personal thing between you and God, and we need to stand fast in that. We need to be worshiping God. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter number 4. This is where Jesus had been tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Verse 9, he says, And and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now this is Satan trying to get Jesus to worship him. Remember, he's still not over this whole thing. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll be as the Most High. He's still trying to get God to worship him. Verse 10, Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Listen, we need to get away from man worship. We need to get away from uh, this legalistic type worship. We need to get away from all these other kind of things where we're worshiping an uh, organization or a sports team or money or whatever and worship the Lord God. That's where we need to worship. We need to worship the Lord. It said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. Look at Psalm 99, if you would, please. Psalms 99. Look at verse number 5. It says, Exalt ye the Lord our God, and worship at His footstool, for He is holy. Look at verse 9. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy hill for the Lord our God is holy. Listen, we have a God that's worthy of worship. And we need to stand fast in worshiping Him. We need to be harnessed to it. We ought to not worship uh, the NFL football teams. You say, oh preacher, that's just a, a petty thing. No, it's not. It's, it's infiltrating people. People know more about sports than they do about God. They know more about these sports fanatics than they, or these sports stars than they do about God. And it's sad today that we are mesmerized by an organization, first off, of anti-God, anti-America people. And we'll put more worship into them than we do into the one that saved us. He said, stand fast in the faith. We need to stand fast in the worship of God. We need to stand fast in the Word of God. In the Word of God. It's time for us just to get back to letting the Bible be the Bible. Quit trying to paint a picture of what we want it to say and just take it for what it says. You say, what are you talking about? There's some people that say salvation is by works. If you can find salvation by works in Scripture, then I'll eat this Bible. Because guess what? It won't happen. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
If we could work our way into heaven, the Bible says, then Christ died in vain. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy hath He saved us. Listen, let the Bible be the Bible. Salvation comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not by my works, not by your works, not by baptism, not by any of those things, but only by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to just take the Bible for what it says about eternal security. You shall have everlasting life. That's forever. It's eternal. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all. No man can pluck them out of my father's hand. First John five thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know. Hear what it says that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Listen, God wants you to know those things. Why are we confused about all these things? Because we're not standing fast on the Word of God. We're not harnessed to it, letting it uh, move us whithersoever it will. Because if we're harnessed to this book, we're going to pattern our life after this book. Time for us just to go back to winning souls again. Why? Because he tells us to go out and win souls. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because that's the next point about witnessing for God. But we need to stand fast in the Word of God. We need to just take the Bible for what it says and do what God says. Listen, I, I like commentaries. Sometimes I get, uh, I get some great help out of them because you know what? Other people see things I don't see. And other people see things you don't see. And God doesn't give uh, the spiritual uh, uh, dictatorship over uh, authority over the Word of God to any one individual. It's not under any private interpretation. But the fact of the matter is this. The Holy Spirit of God will speak to you when you study His Word. Amen. Go to the Bible. There's a lot of people confused by it because all they do is listen to a person rather than just going to the Bible. Paul's telling them, stand fast in the faith. Watch ye. Pay attention to what they're trying to do. They're trying to change God's Word. They're trying to get you to worship other things other than God. Satan wants you to worship Him. By the way, if you're not worshiping God, guess who you're worshiping? The devil. You say, what are you talking about? Because if you're not worshiping, you're only on one or two sides. Joshua, remember what he told the nation of Israel? Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was making a declaration to everybody around him so there was no confusion. That, Listen, we are going to serve God, not serve anything else. We're going to serve God. We need to stand fast in the worship of God. Stand fast in the word of God. We need to stand fast in the work of God. Say, what do you mean? Satan hasn't backed up any. Why is it God's church has? Why is it that we just say, well, you know what, preacher? I don't think uh, my attendance at church is really that important. I got other things to do. Listen, I read another quote. It said, your absence from church is a vote to close the doors. The fact is, if you don't care enough about God's command about coming together and joining together, then you're saying, listen, preacher, I don't think I need church. Listen, that's part of the work of God is being here, being available for whatever God has. You know, that, that, that struggle that you're going through or that thing that you're going through, that just might be the opportunity or the service that God has exactly what you needed. 
but because you chose not to be here. Now listen, I understand work happens. I understand health happens. I understand those things. But if we're physically able to be here, the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, vacation that we take does not mean vacation from God. It's not what it means. Vacation is not an absence of relationship with God or doing the work of God just because we're on vacation. What it means is that even though we're on vacation, we're still a Christian. We ought to still do what God tells us to do and be uh, doing the things that God encourages us to do. There's a lot of things in the work, and I'm glad we have a group of people at our church that enjoy work. You say, what are you talking about? There's people just willing to just get out there and work and do the work of God. And I sure appreciate it. You know what? That means helping a brother and sister when they need help. That means uh, taking your days on a holiday and you've come over here to the church and did things. You know what? Those kind of things. Working in the nursery with kids and things like that. What a blessing that is. The people that do that. Working with our children. Working in uh, bus ministries. Working in all these other things. There's work to be done. See, Nehemiah and all of them were able to build the wall because the people had a mind to work. The people had a mind to work. They focused on the job that was in front of them, the task that was in front of them, and they got it done. See, oftentimes, 100% of the work gets done by 10% of the people most of the time. But imagine if we just got back to standing fast in the work of God and doing the work of God. Listen, God did not uh, take, make everybody to be a uh, full-time preacher. But we ought to preach the gospel full-time. All of us should. God sometimes has Sunday school teachers. Sometimes He just has lay folks in a church that just get involved in their testimonies at work and they give to the work of God and they're involved in whatever they can be involved in. Listen, this is a community effort and I understand that fact. We just have to have a mind to work. Many hands make light work. We say that all the time. The more people involved in the work, the more work that gets done. And the work is not over. There's people that say, well, preacher, you don't understand I'm old and I'm tired. Listen, if you're not dead, he's not done with you. There's still work to be done. You can pray. You can give. You can be a witness. Listen, we need prayer warriors. A lot of times people on the front lines. And you can ask Brother Chip about strategy and military. And those of you that have been in military, you can ask. Just because the front line's going out and they're there, there's other people in the back that are monitoring things. And there's, there's uh, people that are uh, over uh, surveillance and over other things that are saying, hey, this is what you need to do. Maybe there's guys that are pinpointing a, a target with a laser and somebody else comes in and shoots you. You know what? It's a team effort, but everybody's got to do their job. Everybody's got to do their job. He says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men. Be strong. Listen, we just need to get our feet firmly planted on the Word of God. Our feet firmly planted in the worship of God. Our feet firmly planted in the work of God. God's not done with us. Look at Proverbs chapter number 10. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 15 and 16 says, The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. The fruit of the wicked 
uh, and the fruit of the wicked to sin. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. Listen, it takes labor. Look at Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. Wealth gotten by vanity, verse 11. Hebrews 13, verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Listen, God promises increase to labor. You say, what do you, preacher, how do we grow a church? We labor. We work. We have a mind to work. Listen, door-to-door soul winning is still part of God's plan. But not only door-to-door soul winning, uh, as you come in contact with people out there at the gas station, at the grocery store, wherever you may go, we're to constantly be a light to the world. Well, to carry gospel tracts with us. Hand them out. I just read a, uh, I read a uh, post that somebody had posted on social media, and it said this, that a, somebody received a track in two states away from this other church, and the people went on vacation, and they went to the state of where they got the track of the church. They showed up in church and got saved. Two states away. Tell me gospel tracts don't work. They do. You ought to pass them out. Why? Because it's not a testimony just of a church. It's a testimony of God. Testimony of God. Listen, you put them everywhere you go. Put them in the bathrooms. You say, oh, that's kind of ridiculous, preacher. I know people that are saved today because they picked up a gospel track in a bathroom at a store. Listen, we ought to have a mind to work. Our mindset ought to be that we have raised a lazy generation. A generation of people that don't want to work. Work has become a curse word in our society today. It's one of those four-letter words that we're not supposed to say. When I was growing up, I remember there was that four-letter word they said. I remember that when I was little. They need to have their, wa- their mouth washed out with soap. Now you say work and people are like, oh, he said that four-letter word. He needs his mouth washed out with soap. He said work. Listen, I didn't just say work. God said to work. Well, to labor. See, the harvest truly is plenteous. But you know what? To harvest something, it takes what? Work. It said the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. You understand we have a big harvest out there in this world. The harvest is plenteous. You know, there's people sitting this morning somewhere in our nation, somewhere across this world, that are looking to fill the emptiness inside of them. They're asking what is true, what is not, what's going on inside of me. I don't really understand what I'm missing. There's something I'm searching for, but I can't find it. There's people all across this world that are doing that even this morning. And we have the truth of the word of God. And we need to have a mind to work and do everything we can to get the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to folks. And I love what Brother Ron said this morning. We're good at getting them hooked, but we do catch and release all the time. We see them saved and we take them off the hook, throw them back in the pond and say, hey, now fend for yourself. We ought to be feeding them and helping them grow in the things of God. Discipleship is important, but it takes work. Listen, you lead somebody to Christ. It's not the the deacon's job and it's not just the pastor's job to see them grow in the Lord. It's your job to see them grow in the Lord. But you know why oftentimes we have a problem with that? Because we're not growing in the Lord. We're not standing fast in the faith. We're not uh, just growing up in, in the things of ourselves in order to help somebody else grow up in the things of God. 
We have to stand fast in the faith. Be harnessed to it. We need to uh, be fastened to it as if we're in a harness saying, listen, I'm not going to give up on my worship for God. I'm not going to give up on the word of God. I'm not going to give up in the work of God. And I'm going to stand fast in my witness for God. Our witness for God. It breaks my heart that throughout my whole life, Brother Eddie, I've only one time had a Baptist come knock on my door. One time. I lived down in North Carolina for four years. There was 87 Baptist churches in our county. I knocked on somebody's door one day, and you know what they said? You're the first Baptist to ever come by and knocked on my door. How sad is that in a, a, a county where there's 87 independent Baptist churches that only one? Guess what? Jehovah's Witness has been by all the time. The Mormons went by all the time. They, you know why? They believe in what they're doing. The fact is, if you genuinely believe in what this book says, it'll put some legs to your faith. Watch ye. Understand what Satan's doing. Be not ignorant of his devices. You know what? Technology, the the web, all that stuff today can be a great thing, but it has entangled a lot of us. That's why it's called the web. It's entangling. You know what? We spend so much time on that thing that we don't have time for God. There's people that spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on social media, but they don't spend 10 minutes in the Word of God. And you wonder why our nation's sick today. You wonder why we're entangled by all the yoke of bondage that's out there. Now, am I against social media? No, I think it can be a great tool. I think it can be a great tool. Am I against people having fun? Preacher, you just don't want us to have fun. Oh, that's not what it's about. Being a Christian is a good time. Being a child of God is a lot of fun. Listen, I'm tired of these people that walk around with the poochie lip disease because they got saved. I got saved, now I can't drink and I can't smoke and I can't party and I can't do all this. No, you get to remember the things you do, praise God. And you get to be excited the fact that you don't have to live in the muck and mire of this world. Your feet have been placed upon a rock. He's established your going. Put a new song in your heart, even praising to your God. Listen, maybe if you walked around with a spring in your step, somebody might want what you've got. But you know why they want what the world has? They make it appealing. I'm glad to be a Christian. I'm not ashamed of being a Christian. Why? Because of what Jesus has done for me. He can do it for you. If you're in here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I'm telling you, you're missing out on something. There's something about having the burden rolled away. Just something about that, that burden of sin. Man, that that thing that drags you down, that that, uh, stronghold of, of sin that binds you in your life. The liberty in Christ is this. I don't have to carry the sins and the weight of this world upon myself. Because he says, casting all our cares upon him, for he careth for you. He took my iniquities upon himself. He bore my grief, carried my sorrows. All of these things that Jesus carried, he never designed me to carry those things. But we get weighed down with all the yoke of bondage in this world and we carry the yoke of sin upon our life when he says take my yoke upon me and learn of me for i'm meek and lowly in heart my yoke is easy and my burden's light listen church what i'm trying to get at today is we just need to grow up we need to grow up let's quit being childish somebody says i don't like your tie well i'm never going back to that church they said they didn't like my tie They said, I didn't have a good singing voice. I was standing behind them singing, trying to make a joyful noise to the Lord. Somebody looked at me wrong. And you know what? I'm never going back to that church. Listen, I tell people this, Brother Eddie. God called me to preach, not sing. (laughs) 
If I sing, that's when invitation happens, because I sing, people begin to pray. Why? Because they're asking, Lord, please make him stop. The fact of the matter is, if we're joyful in the things of God, guess what? If you love the Word of God, guess what the Bible says? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. So what makes us mature in the things of God? The Word of God does. The Word of God. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. To be offended, most of us think, well, I just got my my feelings hurt. No, to be offended means that not only did your feelings get hurt, because by the way, your feelings are going to get hurt. That's human nature. Your feelings are going to get hurt. It's not that that offends. It's when you allow your feelings that got hurt to take you off into a different direction. You're off-ended. That's what offended means. Is that you went off-ended because somebody said something to you that you didn't like or the preacher said something maybe you didn't like and so you got all upset about it. Listen, if the preacher said something and it's in the Bible, don't get upset at the preacher. Just talk to God about it. Say, God, listen, I didn't like that. Well, maybe he'll say, well, that's because... You need to get it right. Brother Eddie, this week I told God sitting in my office, God, I don't like this. That hurts. I don't like what that does sometimes. You know why? Because sometimes we get in the flesh. And when we get in the flesh and the Holy Spirit begins to pierce us where he needs to pierce us, that's when we have to eat a little bit of humble pie, don't we? And we just have to say, you know what? Lord, you're right. You're right. And just submit to him. You know what Paul was telling them? Grow up. Get over your little petty differences. Stand fast in the faith. Keep witnessing for God. Keep preaching his word. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Watch out for him. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Quit whining. Quit being childish in your understanding. He said in malice... You can be childish. That means, you know, kids get over things real easy. They're mad at each other one second, then they're happy the next minute. He said, in understanding, we ought not to be childish. That's why the the Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. But when I became a man, he said, I put away childish things. You know what? We ought not to get so offended all the time where it makes us go off course. Stand fast. Stand fast. Be harnessed to it. We ought to be harnessed to worshiping God, harnessed to the work of God, harnessed to the Word of God, and harnessed to our witnessing for God. We need to do that. Why? Because then we'll see a generation of people that maybe, maybe, maybe will just do something for the Lord. But you know what, adults, parents, it's going to start with us. We can't just pass on the baton and say, hey, guess what? Just because I haven't done it up to this point, I guess I've failed. You need to carry on from here. No, you can live from today forward serving God. Serving God. I asked Brother Matt yesterday if I could give a testimony about his life real quick. Last, I think it was last Sunday, did you give me that? Last Sunday, Brother Matt came up to me and he handed me something. And as I held it in my hand, I began to look at it and it was a bullet in my hand. Anybody, time anybody gives me a bullet, I get excited about that because I think, hey, well, ammunition, great, what a blessing. He gave me a bullet and he began to remind me about seven years ago from last Sunday. Was, it was seven years from the first time he stepped into a church building as an adult. 
And he said, you know, preacher, he said, this bullet was seven years ago. I had it to my head and pulled the trigger. The firing pin had hit the end of it, but it didn't go off. And that bullet has been weighing him down for a long time because every time he saw it, he just remembered those things that were going on in his life. He gave them to me, he said, preacher, because I want to get rid of this burden in my life. He said, I want you to take this and get it out of my life because it's something that just keeps reminding me of what I used to be. And guess what? He's sitting here as testimony today of the goodness and the grace of God in his life. God had a plan for his life. I want you to think about his little boys that wouldn't be here today had he succeeded with what he wanted to do on that day. He wouldn't be sitting in this church service this morning had he succeeded in what God or, or what Satan wanted him to do that night. He wouldn't be on his way to heaven if he would have succeeded. Oh, not because of that, because he got saved after it. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. He got into church and God began to work on his heart. He trusted Christ as his Savior, got baptized, all those things. He'd been trying to do better and grow in the things of God. None of that would have happened without the goodness and the grace of God. And Brother Matt, you got something to rejoice about. you got something that's worthy of standing fast in. Fastening yourself to God and His goodness. Why? Because He spared you from eternal hell. You say, oh, that was just coincidence. No, it wasn't. That wasn't coincidence. But you know what? He handed me that last week because He said, I'm just tired of dealing with the weight of all of that. And preacher, I want you to take this and get rid of it. You know what? That encouraged me. It encouraged me. You know why? Because there's somebody that says, you know what? I'm tired of getting beat down by Satan. And I want to follow God. Listen, there's some things in our life that we just need to give over. And just say, God, here it is. You take it, then that way I can stand fast for you. That way I'm not allowing that to draw me this direction. I'm getting rid of it so I can go on for God. You know what? What a testimony that is. To see him sitting here today. What a joy. We had a good time fellowshipping this week. Cutting up with each other. Things like that. What a blessing. What a blessing that is. But only by the goodness of God. By the grace of God. Listen, it's only by the grace of God that you're here this morning. It's only by the grace of God that you have even breath to breathe today. And if you're, if you're lost in this room today, your life could be gone that quickly. The Bible says life is a vapor. It's here for a while and vanisheth away. There's nobody in this room that's guaranteed tomorrow. And if you're without God in this room and you die physically upon this earth without the the blood of Jesus Christ being applied to your account by faith and what you exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work, then you are going to open your eyes in a place of eternal damnation called hell. But that is not God's will for your life. God's will for your life is that you be saved. That all men should come to repentance. That's God's will for your life. That's God's will for your life. God wants that for you. Listen, don't fight Him. Get rid of whatever it is. Let go of it so that you can just cling to God. But if you are saved in this room today, there's some burdens, there's some trials, there's some things maybe holding you back from serving God. From getting busy in the work of God, getting busy in the word of God, getting busy in the witness for God, getting busy in the worshiping of God. There's some things that are holding you back. I'm here to tell you, watch ye, watch out for it, identify what it is, and get rid of it. Get rid of it. Why? That you can have that peace that only God can bring. With heads bowed, eyes closed this morning.